on TV, online and on. We're turning you on. Please don't turn us off. This is EPT Not Live. Hello, my babies, and welcome to EPT Not Live. I am Uncle Daddy Joe Stapleton. He is my work wife, James Harding, and Uncle Daddy is nearly a year older because I'm in Amsterdam celebrating my birthday. How is Amsterdam? It is pretty good so far. Now, my uh, my best friend in the world, no offense, James. Um, None taken. Sam is here, and uh, he was like, hey, man, do you think we could just, like, take it easy the first couple nights because I actually, like, want to be, like, a functioning human being uh, for part of this trip. And I was like, yeah, no problem. That's fine. I got my radio show to do anyway. So I've not done anything too wild yet. Um, we did go to the uh, to the Van Gogh Museum this morning, um, which... I don't know, like, do you do museums? Yeah, occasionally. I, I, I love, like, history and science museums, but I just blow my way through an art museum. I'm like, uh-huh, yep, great, yep, saw it, saw it. And there's, like, a girl standing there being like, oh, yeah, she's, like, she's like holding her chin and, like, nodding her head at the paintings. <laughs> I just can't, I just can't bring myself to do that. Anyway, coming up on today's show, uh, we are counting down to being back on Channel 4 in the UK, but we got a couple weeks to go now, I think, still, right? Yeah, got a bit of an update on that, because a lot of people have been asking over the course of the last few months, when are the TV shows back? And I've been saying Tuesday, the 11th of October. Last minute change. We've actually been asked by Channel 4 if we mind pushing back a week, and we've said no problem. So the return date now is Tuesday, the 18th of October. For everyone not in the UK and Ireland, that means the shows will start appearing on PokerStars TV from Wednesday, the 19th. So it's only a seven-day delay. It'll take us through to just after Christmas. That is the rest of Season 12 of the EPT and the first few events from Season 13. So did that conversation with Channel 4, was that something kind of like when you have a date with a, with a girl you really like and she's like, hey, I'm going to be four hours late for our date tonight. Is that fine? And it's really not fine, but you have no choice. Um, it was actually kind of like, oh, that's a bit of a surprise, but do you know what? We've got quite a first fast turnaround of programs post-Malta, so it kind of helps us to have the extra time. Nice. So we were going to be late for the date anyway. Fine. Uh, what is going on? We may or may not be done with the show title suggestions also oh, yeah. on we, today's we, show? We, end, we ended that competition last week. I'm not taking any more submissions. And not being funny, all the late entrants aren't worth considering anyway. Okay, fine. There we go. And don't stop sending them because we're not reading them anymore. Uh, I went out to dinner with Igor and Liv and Griffin and Phil Sternheimer. I've got some fun stories from that. And today, oh, I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. My eardrum just burst from all the names being dropped. Oh well, it's a real true story, James. And <laughs> I don't see you going out and coming up with content for the show, spending 170 pounds on a steak dinner so that I have something to talk about on this godforsaken podcast. Talk you through the NFL games I've been watching over the last few nights. You know what? I would rather pay another 170 pounds to not <laughs> have to talk about football. Uh, anyway, so yeah, I got a couple fun stories from that dinner. And uh, today on Superfan versus Stapes, it is Gabe Nagy? 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 I'm going to go with Nagy. Nagy. Gabe Nagy is on the show. And hey, his hey, special let's, let's, let's just call him Gabe. Let's not even go there with the surname. Fine. Gabe is on the show today, and his specialist subject is the movie Van Wilder. And uh, no offense to Gabe, but he's not the biggest name on the show today. We also got Poker Stars Team Online's very own Kevin Martin yes. joining us on the show. We're going to get to know Kevin a little bit. I was not present when he came on uh, EPT Live while we were in, what was it, Barcelona? Yeah, we talked to Kevin mainly about the fact that he auditioned for Shark Cage. 
uh, back in season one oh. and was almost successful. This was when we were bringing qualifiers, I want to say, to Barcelona. So we had four spots up for grabs and he was down to the final eight, but he didn't quite make it. Man, I'm glad that in a way that he didn't make it because now he gets to be like part of the family because uh, yeah. I kind of like this kid. So looking forward to talking to him a little bit later. But before we get to that, James, what is happening on social media? Uh, just a couple of tweets, mostly positive, about last week's show. Pete Blow, who can be uh, critical at times, <laughs> that the interview with Selena Lynn was, quote, awesome. He says, I didn't know much about Selena before. I'm now totally sold. Yeah, she's uh, she's just crazy charming, huh? And Michael says someone needs to tell Selena that Google is not a doctor. Uh, the revelation <laughs> that after burning her nether regions and also being scratched by a monkey. I can't say it without laughing. Man, Selena, how are we going to follow up this week's show without a story of someone getting scratched by a monkey? <laughs> we just need to keep reiterating the fact that Sydney Lynn was scratched by a monkey. But no, she didn't go and see a doctor. She did not get professional medical advice. She just looked it up on Google. Yeah, I mean, Google's pretty good these days, though, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, I still maintain that you're probably not... I guess it depends. If you can go and see a doctor for free, that's probably the best option. If you have to pay for professional medical advice, I can see why the internet is an appealing resource. I guarantee you there's a lot more people in America Googling their symptoms yeah. than there are in places where there's actual socialized medicine. That is probably true. Um, what's this tweet from Lee Jones you want to talk about? So, okay, so this is from TwitchCon, and did you notice, James, that for, was TwitchCon kind of like for you as it is for me? It's like one of those things that we're not at, so like all of the like glad handing and like jerking each other off that people are doing over Twitter is like annoying. In other words, as I scroll through my Twitter timeline, if I see any mention or photograph or reference to TwitchCon, I'm just like, scroll, 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 yes. Yeah, exactly. You're just like, boring, moving on. Although I'm sure it's great if you're there. It's just one of those things, like the World Series of Poker, like when you're not there, you're like, God, fucking just give it a rest. <laughs> um, so Lee Jones tweeted this thing a couple days ago. It says, that sign at TwitchCon, desperately want to add species-neutral restrooms uh, because there was a sign that says, um, under the men's room sign, it says gender-neutral restrooms are located by room 26 on the upper level. And um, so Lee says he kind of wants to... Uh, vandalize this sign and write species neutral restrooms lol um but what i found really interesting about his tweet is that he hashtagged it love trump's hate which i thought was weird to include a donald trump reference and even though he was maybe intending to you can't write the word trump these days without people thinking that's what you're referencing at all he's like completely destroyed that word and secondly he hashtags it pan galactically now I just was wondering, did he mean pan-galactically as in like... The universe, um, as in like, other planets? Right, across the universe and planets. Or is he saying that this idea should be galactically panned? I'm going to say the former rather than the latter. And on the subject of lump tr love Trump's hate, wasn't that a slogan that Hillary's campaign was running with for, for a while until they realized the key flaw with it is that it includes the words love and Trump? Yes, <laughs> 
<laughs> so yeah, so I was just read this and I was like, wouldn't this be awesome if Lee Jones, if this was like actually like a hidden pro Trump tweet from Lee Jones and he wants to galactically pan the idea of gender neutral restrooms and this is the way that he wants to tell the world. Now, obviously, I have no <laughs> insight into the political mind of Lee Jones, but I'm going to guess. In fact, I would put a considerable amount of money on him not being a Trump supporter. Yeah, probably not. I just thought I just thought it'd be funny if that's how he chose to do it. If like all of a sudden Lee Jones just came out like against <laughs> gender neutral restrooms. <laughs> I bless you for looking for controversy where there is none. Yeah, it's cool. Well, like I said, it's a snow it's a snow lose week. Wow, it's a slow news week. Okay, look, I refuse to believe, by the way, that you went on this dinner purely for the intention of getting content. I'm sure you enjoyed hanging out with these guys, and I'm sure that you enjoyed the experience itself. Yeah, of course. Like I look, I don't really consider many professional poker players to be legitimate friends of mine. Uh, but Liv is one, and Griffin Bender is one, and Griffin came out to dinner. Griffin's recently moved to London, so uh, Igor and Liv came out to dinner. Griffin and his girlfriend Jean and uh, Phil Sternheimer and his wife Grace. And uh, just to give people a reminder who Phil is, because uh, he is not a professional poker player, but Phil is a guy that occasionally, he's like a businessman that occasionally plays high rollers and super high rollers. And he was part of the infamous hand in which James coined the phrase, hashtag death by quads. It was when he was eliminated from the super high roller in Barcelona by Vitaly Lunkin. Hashtag death by quads. So uh, it's actually kind of ties into something coming up later in the show is that um, so I met Phil Sternheimer at a barbecue that Liv was throwing a few years ago when I first moved to London and like Phil asked me out. So this will tie into Kevin Martin later. Phil asked me out on like a mandate. And for a while, I wasn't sure if it was like a mandate or if it was a romantic day because like Phil's like a tall, good looking guy in good shape. And I always assume someone in that good of shape is either a psycho <laughs> or is gay because <laughs> They just take really good care of themselves, the gays. So um, the first few times we hung out, I was like, I was actually so stressed out about it to the point where I had a dream that Phil was over my apartment. And um, I was like, I was like, oh, yeah, man, I'll be ready to go out in a second. I, I was taking a shower. And when I came out, he was on my couch in a robe and lipstick. So I was actually quite... I don't know what to say. I mean, it's just this is yet more fuel for the argument that you need to be in psychoanalysis. Correct. Yeah. So anyway, it turns out Phil is, was not trying to actually date me, and we became pretty close friends. He invited me to his wedding. He and his wife were two of the most genuine, nicest people I've ever met. So this big group of us goes out to dinner Saturday night, um, which was kind of interesting because, like, I will tell you, James, our reservation was for 7.15. Yeah. What time do you think the first person to arrive was, and who was it? You at seven fourteen. Wow, that's 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 really nice, James. That you would have guessed me, and that I w would have been one minute before the reservation. It was me, and it was at seven twenty nine. Wow. And so, like, I got put in like this really awkward spot where, like, I have to be the one to be like, "Hey, uh, like, this party of eight is like not here." And uh, can you please not give our table away? And they're like, ha, 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 fuck off. Um, so that was, I don't like being the face of all the late people. No. Like, why, why is the person who is like the earliest? Why did I have to? It doesn't matter. Um, they were cool. We went to this place called STK um, on the Strand in London. And this place was really, really cool. Like, it started off like a typical sort of like douchiest steakhouse. But like... By the end of the meal, for some reason, they started playing music really loud, and like there are tons of pretty girls in there, and they were all dancing 
at their tables, like standing mm. up on the benches. It so sounds like of, a posh TGI Fridays. It's kind of, you know what? That's not a terrible, it's not a terrible comparison. It was a, a pretty, pretty posh uh, place that just sort of devolved into like drunken dancing by the end. But we all had a really good time. Interestingly, I think Liv's quit meat for now. So um, there's a lot of discussion about, obviously, we did a lot of Trump discussion, a lot of discussion about like, uh, you know, meat eating and stuff like that. I had a delicious steak. Uh, good news. Igor said that he would come up, come on the show. Awesome. Does he want to come on next week or the week after? We've got the 12th and the 19th up for grabs. I didn't realize that we had one as early as the 12th. I will, I will holler at him after the show. And Please see do. If he's, if he's willing to come on. We might as well film next week as long as we have a hole there. Um, he, his one concern, though, he's like, what kind of questions will you be at? Because, like, apparently he went on the two plus two poker cast and all they did was grill him about, like, where he gets his money and, like, what's going on with the high rollers. And I was like, uh, yeah, no, we don't do that. We, I mean, if, basically, if, you say, I'm going to come up with some really stupid game and embarrass you. Yeah, exactly. I was like, don't worry. We just play a dumb game. He's like, what kind of dumb game? I was like, don't worry about it. It's going to be fine. Um, and then, so there is something that happened, though, that was a long time coming. And I'm not really sure how best to relay this story. Um, do you remember, James, a few months ago where someone sent me flowers? Yes, this was, this was a story without an ending. This was the famous stand-up gig in London and flowers arrived and on was it father's day right and the implication was that you had a child that you didn't know about yes and it clearly a practical joke that someone thought was hilarious i mean it wasn't i didn't think it was clearly a joke when it happened like i guess so the mistake i made just to recap is that i decided to try to make because it came during one of my stand-up shows the mc kept mentioning it it was kind of like the running theme of the night is that joe you know is such a such a scumbag that he could have a child out there and, and you uh, tried calling the number on stage during your act and no one picked up correct and i didn't really have a plan for if that happens so it's just this big oh, huge dumpster fire where i basically tanked the gig because of this well if i can make a confession when i told this story on the air james i already knew who had done it ah did, did, was, was it you already had your suspicions or you actually knew i think by the time i told the story on the air I, I either had suspicions that were either very quickly confirmed or had already been confirmed i can't remember the exact timeline but i already knew who it was uh, and but the reason why i didn't let on was because i decided that i would never i would leave it always be a mystery like i never knew who it was so that way when i wanted to get my revenge it would be more of a surprise when i finally got that person back and so i could be like boom i knew it was you all along so can you reveal who it was yes all i'll say is the jig is up griffin benger it was griffin because we knew there was a multi connection right yeah it was griffin and max rabinovich who uh who were both working for uh, alex dreyfus and the gpl at the time and um I I found out pretty quickly cuz what happened was this is pretty funny how this all went down oh and by the way griffin so at, at this dinner, I decide to out Griffin and be like, I know he stuck to the lie for so long. Like he stuck to the lie so long that I actually almost like gave in that I, I almost backed off. and was like, oh, man, maybe I was wrong. <laughs> like, that's how good he was at continuing this lie. But wow. basically what happened? 
basically what happened was, so the, the couple of clues that, that was the, the Malta prefix on the phone number they left was one. And so obviously I was, um, I immediately thought of uh, these guys working for the GPL. They were my prime suspects. But then also I remember that like a bunch of like people from the poker stars office had been shipped to Malta. And I was like, did I? Was there? No, I was like trying to figure out if there's anyone that I could have possibly had this connection with, but I was pretty sure. And so what I did was I went to, I wrote to Alex uh, Dreyfus and I said, hey man, would you mind telling me if this is Max's cell phone number? And Alex is like, we, oui, or whatever he would say. Yes, it is. And so I go, look, you got to do me one favor. If Griffin or Max come nosing around about this, I never talk to you. And Alex said not more than five minutes later, Griffin comes poking his head into his office. He's like, hey, um, Stapes hasn't gotten in touch with you asking for, uh, <laughs> for Max's phone number, has he? And Alex is like, no, no, no. Uh, and so Alex for once did me a solid and uh, managed to – throw them off the scent so what i wanted to do and i didn't tell you this part either james so i was in text communication with the number and my goal was to eventually convince whoever was on the other line aka max and griffin that i actually had contracted a very serious sexually transmitted disease <laughs> oh my god I was like, this is the best way to get back at them. If they feel like I open up to them, I'm like, guys, I'm, I'm, look, we're not I mean, guys. Uh, mother of my child. Look, can you? basically, I sent a text that said, it said, hey, look, I don't know if this is real or not, but I've been going through some really um, serious health things at the moment. And I just want to know if the baby's okay. <laughs> this is awful. So someone plays a really childish prank. So what do you do in response? You sink to their level. After that text, Griffin told me that, like, Max wanted to pull out. Like, Max, I guess that would have saved the fake baby in the first place. But anyway, uh, Max wanted to, like, end the whole thing. And Griffin was like, no, you stick with this. You do not. We're, we're riding this out to the end. So after I sent that text, like, I got a very jokey response back, like, not taking me very seriously. So I didn't continue down that line anymore. But um, so, yeah, apparently Max wanted to give it up. Griffin wrote it out to the end. And Griffin lied to my face so bad at dinner. It was hysterical until I finally was like, dude, Dreyfus told me you poked into his office and told him and asked him about it. I know it was you. And he finally gave it up. Wow. But yeah, I feel like we, that's, that, that story had, a, like, I needed the closure of that story, but I still, James, and maybe the audience can help me out with this. Cause I don't think Gris Griffin listens to the show. I kind of want to do something to get back at him and do it during the October, October. No, that's that's you can't do that. You like, can't do something I, that's going to throw him off his game during the most important final table he'll have ever played in his life. I was at the most important open mic in London that weekend. And was it worth night. millions of dollars, Joe? Potentially, who knows? <laughs> Untold millions. I first of all, I, the, I do a see talent the point. scout from NBC happened to be in London <laughs> and dropped by and went. I'm looking for someone to take over the late show, and nope, no one here tonight. Not this guy, next. Um, so yeah, I, I, although James, I see your point. I do think that if I sent Griffin like a dozen pizzas to the World Series of Poker final table, he'd probably like it. Yeah, I mean, who doesn't I like think, pizza? I think, right, but I think he would like appreciate it. Like, I wouldn't do something to actually like get in his head. Oh, I guess I didn't really make it clear. 
what I was thinking of doing, which is I wanted to like send him flowers or send him like a bunch of pies or something. Is That's this like, just a desperate attempt to get on TV? No. <laughs> <laughs> and here come the flowers from Joe Stapleton. That's right. I got mentioned by Norman Chad once like 10 years ago, and I'm just jonesing for it to happen again. <laughs> so look, I'm I'm uh, I'm here celebrating my birthday as yes. I mentioned, and um, forty three years old. He made okay. it. He made it. I know you're not forty three yet, James. No, but I just want to know at what age, or if you've experienced this yet, because everyone tells sort of a similar story that like around thirty five, thirty six, your body just starts to shut down. Oh yeah, that that happened to me a few years back. I get horrible aches and pains. I have sciatica on the left side. It's all going wrong, buddy. It's all falling apart. Well, that sciatica is because you have a fucking gigantic wallet. I mean, you got, we got to somehow show the audience <laughs> the size of James's wallet. It's like a yellow pages. It's just like an old phone book folded up in James's back pocket. I have so much shit in this wallet that I just don't use. <laughs> I, think I mean, that, I think I mean you got... keep changing it for Christ's sake. How can you sit on that? <laughs> I've got membership cards to things that don't even exist anymore. I've got membership cards to casinos in Vegas that have been blown up. Oh my God. Yeah. So that's why you have sciatica. But buddy, I, I'm not going to lie. Like to the day of this particular birthday, like I was out in Amsterdam, we were doing a ton of walking around. Um, we took no cabs anywhere. Was, you know, it's like mostly like 30 minutes walks here and there to the center of town or to the red light district or whatever, uh, back to the Airbnb we're renting. But I was just standing in a cafe waiting for Sam to order some coffee. And then all of a sudden my foot just started hurting. <laughs> like, it just, it just went, ow. Yes. Like, I didn't injure it. I didn't step on it funny. It just started hurting, and now I can barely walk. Like, I'm limping oh, around. Man. It feels fine as long as I don't have a shoe on. But, like, once I put a shoe on, and then it's just over. Like, I'm just limping around all over. I'm like, this is fucking fantastic. Like, on my birthday, my body just decides. Just, but is it both feet if you have gout? Uh, no, it can be in just one foot. It's generally caused by eating a lot of rich food and stress. Do you eat a lot of rich food and are you stressed? Well, I did have a rather rich dinner with Igor, Liv, Griffin, John, and Phil Sternheimer and his wife, Grace. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe that was it. Maybe it was the very rich dinner I had there. Sorry, Joe, can you just recap who was actually at the table, though? Who actually was attending this dinner? Sure, it was Igor Kurganov, Liv yep. Marie, Griffin Benger, wow. his girlfriend Jean, Phil Sternheimer, and his wife Grace. Also, of course, myself, Joe Stapleton, and my date, Sophie. Um, yeah, I, it might, look, it might just be that you just walked around a lot on cobbled streets and it just took its toll. How do you uh, cure gout? Uh, there's medication you can take for it. And also you have to kind of eat more salad and, and less kind of like creamy cheese. I got to tell you, James, I was planning on needing some medication after Amsterdam, but it wasn't for gout. <laughs> and on that bombshell, shall we get to the news, Joey? Let's do it. What's going on in poker today? Now it is time for EPT Not Live News. What do you want to start with? Um, well, let's start with the th whatever's going on with France. This is great news, by the way. We don't it normally is great news. Okay, it's one of those things that I read and I was like, I, I think this is good news, but maybe I'm just an idiot and reading this wrong. This is the kind of industry stuff that we don't normally do on this show. But this is worth talking about because I'm hoping this will be the first of many. I mean, a lot of people in the world might not realize that in some countries, the poker market is what we call ring fenced. And 
like the .fr license, for example, players in France are segregated and can only play poker against other people in France. The same is true of Spain and of Italy as well. And at the moment, it's true of the state of New Jersey. And what they're doing in France is they've realized that if you create a very small market by basically shutting off the rest of the world or the rest of the continent, you create a small player pool, you create limited liquidity, and if you are taxing and charging gaming duty you suck that liquidity very very quickly and yeah, I suck that liquidity and basically in the last three years revenues in france are down dramatically and the number of people playing online is also dropping as well so to, i guess in a way almost to save french poker to save the french poker sites they've said what we need to do is open them up to the entirety of europe and have french players be able to play against people in other European countries all over again. Because technology is such that you can work out where the players are coming from. You can still apply that gaming duty and those taxes to French players without shutting them off from the rest of the Europe. So, okay, I have a weird question that probably nobody really asked. Well, two, let me start with the first one, which is, is, is so is France going to be part of the rest of PokerStars again, or is it going to be like France, Italy, Spain? Uh, well, this is yet to be seen. They have basically signaled their intention to share liquidity. It's unclear yet um, how wide that will be, but certainly it would make total sense for the other regulated markets to join forces. So as previously mentioned, Italy, Spain, Portugal, if they could come together with France to form a, a larger group, then that will be good for the game. And that's definitely uh, good for players in those countries. So France is just kind of like, so uh, who, anybody want to share liquidity? Anybody? Uh, and so we're just waiting to see who answers. Well, I mean, at the moment, it's obviously going to be quite a slow process. It's not going to happen overnight, but certainly it's being passed through the French government and a number of European countries uh, have met with regulators from France to work together to to stop this ring fencing. And I think it's going to end around the world. I think we're going to stop this where markets get shut off to the rest of the world. Well, I guess we should move on to some good news for another French person. <laughs> Is this your friend Alex Dreyfus, by any chance? My, my friend Alex Dreyfus, yeah. My friend, what are we going to call him? Alex, the check is in the mail, Dreyfus. Well, the check is in the mail, and the check's coming from PokerStars, because they are now the title sponsor of the Global Poker League. Yeah, it was announced late last week that PokerStars is sponsoring the GPL. I do like the way that some people in the poker media have spun this. I've seen it being described as PokerStars saving the GPL. I've seen it described as PokerStars bailing out the GPL. Um, I don't think it was any secret that Alex was struggling during the summer months. He said as much. Uh, that the summer series in Vegas probably cost more than he envisaged and wasn't the success that he had hoped. Um, like it really cost a lot of money to keep baby stapes and diapers. <laughs> and his cube is very expensive to move around. And obviously he announced <laughs> the fact that he was making changes to the latter end of season one of the GPL. And obviously this influx of money is hopefully going to help him get to the end of season one of the GPL. In a way, I think it's good because I think it means that the GPL continues. Obviously, his ambition at the start, and you were closer to this than I was, Joe, but it seemed that he had an aspiration to basically separate poker from gambling, to separate it from the online gaming sites, to sportify poker, make it mainstream, and get major non-poker brands involved. And I do think, in a way, he's waving the white flag, because bringing in poker stars makes it just another poker product. 
Yeah, I don't know. It's like, you know, you got to do what you have to do to survive, right? So having the league with a with a poker site affiliation is probably better than not having the league at all. But yeah, yes, my guess is that he would have much preferred that we got saved by that the GPL got saved by Coca-Cola or Tide or uh, Purcell. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, we're just not quite there yet. And, you know, one of the things that I gave Alex a lot of credit for, for saying earlier on was that this is not a one or two year thing. This is like a 10 year thing. Sure. And obviously, if he's struggling in year one, uh, then he was going to need some significant help to, uh, to make it to year five, let alone year 10. Yes, for sure. Um, as far as our involvement is concerned, as it's very much a title sponsorship deal. So there is no involvement, for example, of any of us from the PokerStars TV team involved in the production. Uh, we're not going to be even advising, let alone actually taking over the production. Alex is still doing his thing from Malta or from Vegas, and this is purely about just having the PokerStars brand associated with the existing GPL live streams and uh, and product. I'm not going to lie. I was disappointed, and not for the reason you think. It was just nice for me to have a gig where, like, mommy and daddy PokerStars weren't in charge. <laughs> and so now I'm, like, back to, the, like, I have, like, the same overlords again. Like, I just can't get away. <laughs> yeah. Uh, obviously, the streams will still be available to watch on PokerStars TV. They always were, by the way, uh, as well as being on Twitch. And on the subject of Twitch, actually, I noticed that the GPL had a significant presence at TwitchCon. Many members of Team Online were down in San Diego, and one of them was a man who came up in conversation last week. Let's get him on the line. Let's welcome to EPT Not Live for the first time Kevin Martin from Team PokerStars Pro Online. Hello, Kevin. Hello, hello. Good morning. So, Kevin, this is a bit of a sequel to last week's interview on the podcast because we had Selena Lynn with us talking about the WCOOP main event final table. And obviously she was partnered for part of that stream by Randy Lowe and for the second part by you. And she revealed that you bailed on her midway through the stream. <laughs> I did. It, it was. I think it was heads up when I had to take off. I had a social arrangement that uh, I, I just couldn't let go you know so I is let that what we're calling it a social, social arrangement, arrangement. yeah <laughs> I, had, I had a person i was meeting you know i do understand that it's hard to make male friends but i'm not really sure i mean you have like four responsibilities as a poker stars employee you could even ride out the final table uh, I mean, i really didn't want to mess this one up you know <laughs> it was a big deal to me but please give us the circumstances surrounding this. Like, what, what is it? You just you just moved uh, to what Montreal, and you're trying to trying to make some boy friends. Yeah, I just moved to Montreal, and you know, male friends are tough to come by. Like a good guy that with a good sense of humor. Um, so I I met this guy the other night, and we're like, let's hang out, and we. I just didn't want to. I didn't want to bail on it. I it's tough to make male friends. I don't get outside very much, and uh, so I didn't want to let this bromance go. And it went really really well. We're gonna hang out again. In the future. So it was, what, uh, what did you guys do? Uh, we went to we, we we just drank that night, but later on we went and did those. Have you ever done one of those escape rooms where you have to like solve the clue the clues to get outside of uh, your little simulated room? So we did that later. What? It was good times, man. Wait, James, you've never heard of an escape room? No, I've heard of a panic room, but I've never heard of an escape room. 
There are these things that you do that like uh, it's kind of like a fun house sort of thing where you go and you pay money and then they lock you in a room somewhere with like a bunch of people and you have to figure out how to get out. It's like, I don't know, it's like a murder mystery type thing. Right. Okay. Um, Kevin, one of the things that Selena revealed from your uh, brief on air appearance together on Twitch last week is you confessed that you are now single, something that one of our listeners, Matthew, is very excited about. He tweets, you can't drop things like Kevin Martin is single without a warning so Matthew Verhagen is very excited about your singledom oh Matthew I mean I wasn't excited at first but we've come to peace with it <laughs> you know she kind of Selena kind of caught me off guard with that one the other day yeah we are fresh we are freshly single it's a true story and she also revealed that we are scoring you eight out of ten and I was very impressed with that uh, I mean Selena is uh whew, unbelievable you know um, both as a poker player and an ambassador. So I got an eight out of 10 for some, from Selena. I'm, I'm definitely pretty happy with that. You know, I definitely think I'm, uh, getting, uh, overrated by her there. So I'm very, very happy with an eight out of 10. So what happened with your last relationship? Can you tell us? Uh, you know what, Joe, I don't think we have to dive deep into the root of it. <laughs> you know, this, uh, I don't know if EPT live is the best, uh, social counseling that I'm going to get. So basically, you know, two individuals have to grow and move on eventually. And uh, she was young, I was young, and we had other aspirations and, and different ways we viewed life. So now, we, we set our peace. It's still a good relationship. Uh, so Peely, if you're if you're listening to this, and it's probably a 0% chance she is. Uh, we need I the listeners. Please the get her to do it. <laughs> now, Kevin, <laughs> I'm not going to force you to pour over the details of your relationship because I'm English and it would be slightly awkward. However... And I'm going to back my co-host here, because even though Joe Stapleton has a disastrous track record of relationships, he is, on the other hand, an amazing relationship counsellor. It makes no sense. It's an oxymoron, but it's true. <laughs> it's like, I, do, do as I say, not as I do. Gotcha. So you're like one of those coaches that can't play, can't play the game himself, but is just a, you know, uh, an amazing, amazing help in helping others people game. Okay, makes sense. Makes sense. Not unlike a poker commentator. Yes. <laughs> you can cannot, talk the game, but you can't put it into action. Correctly, I cannot play at all myself. Kevin, I gotta, I gotta say, I'm with Selena on this one. I gotta rate you an eight out of ten. You got a nice, crisp voice. I see you've got a, just one of these cute wholesome white boy faces i mean i imagine this is not gonna last for you this uh this single thing uh no it's gonna last dude i i, I got too much going on to 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 deal with a relationship right now um so yeah talk we're single for a while it's that's the goal talk to us what have you got going on uh you know um we just moved to montreal uh, so we're still settling in here, me and a couple roommates. We just had Jeff Gross move into town. So there's uh, Jamie Staples is in the house there's, and Jamie's little brother. So there's full four-time poker streamers here. We're trying to stream around the clock and get some really creative ideas going. I just got back from San Diego, which was really cool. TwitchCon was down there, a massive event. And uh, Jason Summerville was there. Lex was there. Randy Nananoko. So it was just a really good collection of poker stars people and Twitch streamers and poker players. And we had some good social arrangements down there. And we, we had some good creative juices flowing so the motivation is really really high right now uh to keep going on twitch and uh keep putting out some awesome content on youtube and twitch talk to us about TwitchCon. i need to know what's it like uh it was nuts it was a little a little nerdy it's that uh, i no mean not kidding. in a bad I never way i never would have thought it <laughs> 
Uh, the gaming culture is one that I'm not super familiar with, so I'm still learning about that. So I met some interesting people, which is really cool, and met some uh, amazing people. There was a poker panel. Jason Somerville gave, a, gave an amazing talk. Elkie was there, I believe. I don't want to name Maria Ho was there. I don't want to name the names individually because there were so many legends there. Uh, so, yeah, it was good. It's good that I'm getting in, that with, in with that crew. I'm learning a lot. What was the coolest non-poker thing that you did at TwitchCon? Was there like a real-life World of Warcraft the, kind of deal? or I, I did the vir- the Oculus Rift virtual reality where you put the goggles on and you're in that 3D world. So I've never done that before. That was really immersive and cool, and it's pretty powerful technology. Have you ever guys have you ever guys ever tried that virtual reality? I have tried it. Not the Oculus Rift one, but an alternative. And yeah, it's people laughed at the way I was kind of reacting to what I was looking at. Because I have an issue with heights and loads of this virtual reality stuff is based around like skiing down mountains or there's one where you can stand at the top of the wall overlooking Westeros and that kind of shit freaks me out. What was in yours? I was uh, I was in like a, a mystical world with werewolves and witches and it was really, really I mean give that technology a couple more years and it's gonna be some crazy stuff going on like it was really I, I was surprised because people didn't even take it seriously a couple years ago when it came out it was really like pixelated and kind of dorky but man they're honing in on something really really crazy so I was at dinner uh, this past weekend with uh, Liv and Igor and a couple other people and Liv and Igor have a, a VR helmet at their house and they invited me over to play it. I didn't get a chance to go over to play it, but we were all out on Saturday night, like having a blast, uh, like a big group of eight of us. And when we were deciding what to do next, we were all like saying, well, should we go to this bar or that bar? And Liv and Igor are like, we just kind of want to go home and play VR. <laughs> like, apparently it's that good and that addictive like that they're not tired of it yet like they just are like no 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 we got to go we're going to go play the helmet for a while you guys can come if you want but that's what we're doing but that's my question is it just a fad is it something that people are going to go grow tired of very quickly mm, i don't i don't think so no as long as it continues to get better like i put on the helmet and i was like talking to a werewolf i'm like this is amazing <laughs> i can do this in real life you know like it's only going to get more and more immersive and they're going to take you to these new worlds where you couldn't explore before eventually we're just not going to leave our houses we're just going to put these little helmets on and then you know we're going to be walking around in th- these mystical worlds all day because that's going to be better than real life eventually that's a great line i put on the helmet and then i was talking to a werewolf so with a completely straight face um kevin you joined us when we were streaming from barcelona uh we did a little bit of the kevin martin life story but it's worth repeating joe mentioned your great voice we know you come from a radio background how did you transition from working in radio to being a poker player slash twitch streamer yeah so i i was uh uh I went to school post-secondary for radio, television, media. I was a radio announcer at a rock and roll station for a couple of years, which is really <laughs> kind of still funny to think about. And I just started playing live poker on the side. And here, here in Canada, the live poker games were very, very juicy. So I kind of jumped in and was a small winner immediately with really no training or no study. The games were just so good by basically being a nit. You could beat the game. And then uh, I just started doing that more and more. It was really, really careful tracked my progress eventually my bankroll hit a certain number and i like i want to do this full time so for a year and a half we played live cash games full time and you know scraped by uh as a small living there and then um 
my good friend Jamie Staples was killing it on Twitch. He was one of the first guys to put out some really good content there. He's like, you have to do this. So we jumped online and started playing tournaments, and our, our channel just kind of started growing and growing and growing. So we play small to mid stakes, and we're not like crushing the game. We're, we're a winner online, but my channel is kind of uh, a little bit different than others in that I'm still new to the game. I'm still really putting in some time on my poker game. So people can join the experience with me and, and watch me play the small stakes. We've moved up to the medium stakes, and hopefully as we continue to continue to grind and get better you'll see some high stake tournaments on my channel so people are really enjoying uh the path of my growth on my twitch channel so yeah that's what we're doing right now it's pretty cool man i've been very blessed with some having some good opportunities and some really good timing in my life so what is it about uh poker streaming that was more appealing to you than being a radio dj because that sounds pretty cool to me that sounds like a pretty cool gig the radio dj was not that great pay it was uh it was I mean, yeah, the radio DJ here in Canada wasn't that great from a financial perspective. And I can set my own hours as a Twitch streamer. I can stream when I want to. I can be my own boss. I have complete creative control. Uh, so it was a little bit the freedom that I like Twitch streaming. James, I know you were a DJ too for a second. Uh, and same question goes for you, Kevin. When you're training to be a DJ, do they teach you how to say how many minutes it is to the top of the hour? Nah, it's a little bit of an old school thing. No, they they that used to be a very like seventeen minutes till the top of the hour. No, modern DJs are kind of kind of get away from that traditional. What what sorts of you said you worked at a rock rock station? Can you give us an example of like one of your classic intros? Uh, yeah, okay, okay. Turn on some Nickelback here. <laughs> no, please, no, no! Don't make me play Nickelback. No, <laughs> we played no. so much Nickelback in Canada. It was just everyone loved it. So the song would stop, and we'd be like, "Hey, what's up, guys? It's snowing outside. Merry Christmas! Uh, you know, it's December the twenty second. Hope you're having a great day. I mean, with some more. I should. Okay, let me get into the. Yes, get, do it. It's been a while. All right. Dun 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 dun. dun Nickelback playing. Nickelback fades. <laughs> Rock in the 60s, best rock and killer classics. This is Kevin Martin. Hope you're having a wonderful December. Uh, hockey game on tonight. The Leafs, it win. come on, the Leafs haven't won a game in 17, 17 years. I hope they can win tonight, blah, 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 blah. And then we can transition to a different song. You see, my background is more in news. I was uh, rolling news and news talk radio, so telling the time was essential. You remember from the Howard Stern movie, Joe, in Private Parts, where he's told that he has to do the the time like recap yeah and the fact is and he's telling a really emotional story about death he's 11 minutes past three and it's it's that kind of thing where you do have to interrupt your train of thought constantly to recap the time or mention that in three minutes away you're going to get the latest travel and weather together it's that kind of uh, format that you're very much stuck to so it's very different to to writing records and uh, segueing from nickelback into I don't know what what were the other artists that kind of dominated that radio station, Kevin. Uh, Metallica was massive. A couple of the um, like Red Hot Chili Peppers. A couple of modern. Yeah, it was all over the place in terms of rock and roll. And I'm not a music guy at all. I would I was the guy. I would Google the band right before I had to talk about them because I didn't know who they were. <laughs> <I'm bad. laughs> well, how did like, you oh get into, damn! How did you get it, into I'm, that then? Uh, I just. Uh, it, Entry level jobs in the in the media was really tough here because uh, there just wasn't many of them. So I just sent resumes everywhere, and this rock station got back to me. Okay, cool. Maybe I'll, I mean I'm not very much of a badass rock and roller, but we we scraped by, we faked it, we faked it, and we made it. 
And I'm going to assume, Kevin, that the rotation was pretty horrific, that if a song was popular, it was on like every goddamn hour. And that obviously you have no choice in what's being played, right? The playlist is on a screen and you're just pressing buttons. Yeah, you would walk into work and then they would give you the sheet. They're like, you're playing this this hour, right? So no choice on my end. Um, Yeah, it was very, very, we'd hear the same four songs quite repetitively, whatever was hot at the moment. So how is it that you like ended up in that spot? Like, did you go to school for it? Did you have like a, a an air check already, uh, or you just that you're just like, hey, I'm looking for an entry level job, and they put you on the air? Yeah, I did two years of post secondary, and I needed that entry. You actually need uh, an internship to graduate at the certain school I went to, so I had to go work for somewhere for four months for free, uh, which was kind of interesting. And so I sent resumes off everywhere. And they were kind of the the best station that got back to me, and they were a rock and roll station. And I was kind of open to any uh, any kind of any kind of music, so I just went with it, and uh, it worked out pretty well. There's some good times there in Lethbridge, Alberta, at the rock station. Be honest, Kevin, do you miss it just a little bit? Because don't get me wrong, I'm very happy where I am right now, and I prefer being a poker commentator to being on the radio. But sometimes I miss doing it, Even, bizarrely, and this is almost like kind of twisted, and I'm wanting to torture myself i miss the early starts as well i kind of miss being on air at 6 a.m oh really yeah so if you, you did the morning show then you were up very early then, yeah right? for, for two and a half years i was doing 6 a.m till 10 a.m and then i spent eight months doing like the evening drive shift but i i, I enjoyed doing mornings yeah absolutely there's some about because what's the worst thing that could happen as a radio announcer you sound a little bit silly like there's there's not a lot of stress in the job um the worst thing I get one time I was do I, I worked the night shift I was for like from two p.m. till till ten p.m. and there's one time I went to the Damn. bathroom and I sorry, was just sorry. chilling two p.m. till ten p.m. Yeah, yeah. You I were on air for eight hours. Uh, the last two we would pre-record. I was on for the first six, Holy and then I would shit. just pre-record the last two. Yeah, I thought four hours was long because it used to be the standard show, the standard time any DJ was on air was three hours, and then the radio station started getting greedy and extended it to four. But six hours live, two pre-recorded—that is brutal. Yeah, it was pretty pretty long because the night shift was like ah, you know, the night shift is not as important, so I guess they could just drag out one announcer for longer. <laughs> That's uh, I mean, what, and you're not. Are you even on air that much? Are you like just sitting around and waiting uh, for song sets to end? Yeah, most of it. Most of it is like, uh, yeah, you're you're only on air for like thirty seconds between three songs or so. So my total on air time would probably be uh, two and a half minutes for like maybe three or four minutes for an hour. So not very often. Man, and you were about to launch into some anecdote, where it sounded like it was going to be a good story. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, we were talking about what's the worst thing that could happen as a yeah. radio DJ. No, like, there was one time where, uh, you know, I, I turned off the station by accident, <laughs> which is kind of <laughs> like, like I accidentally kicked over the power cord and it shut off everything. So we went black for an hour. Like, uh, instantly, the the engineer of the station, like, sent me a call because his, his cell phone gets triggered anytime we weren't live. And, uh, and so that was the worst thing that ever happened. But besides that, year and a half of just talking on the radio, having fun. I do miss those days. I really do. Yeah. Um, just back to the poker quickly, Kevin. How did you get onto Team Online? How did that come about? Yeah. Oh, that was pretty wonderful. So historically, Team Online has been uh, like they used to be. You had to make Supernova, right, to get on the team. And, and God knows, I have never gotten close to Supernova. <laughs> so anyway, they were they were kind of changing the mission with the team. They wanted someone to represent uh, the smaller stakes, the smaller guys on Twitch. And uh, they phoned me up and they said, you know, uh, they thought I would be a great, great fix. So that happened just like 
still pretty new six months ago, seven months ago. And uh, I was very, very blessed. So, I, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of great poker players in there. But there's a lot of great content creators who, who have some really creative ideas about how they put out their story. And so I've, I've learned a lot, and uh, I'm very happy to be on the team. And here, just in San Diego at TwitchCon, we were all there, and it was the first time I got to meet people like Lex and, and uh, all the other guys, uh, Mikhail from Russia. And so it was, it was really, really cool, man. I'm very blessed to be on that team. You mentioned uh, that part of the way you got pulled into this is because you were friends with Jamie Staples. How did that friendship come about? Yeah, Jamie Staples and I met playing live poker, actually, before everything. Because Jamie was one of the first original guys to get on Twitch poker, and he did it so well. He's massive almost immediately. Uh, we just pl- met playing 1-2, and we just talked about life, and, and we became really good friends. Then I went and did some reality television in Canada. He got on Twitch and had his star sponsorship, and uh, we've been living together ever since. I mean, it sounds like you're really good at the uh, at the bromance thing. Like, it sounds like <laughs> like you're really good at making man friends. Like, I I will admit, I'm not very good at it. I typically, if somebody wants to hang out with me, like it's not a pre-existing friendship, um, and it's not a female. I'm like, I just don't really have time for it. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, I have a couple good bro friends, but overall, I've struck out with a lot of bros as well. Um, so, so. I mean, I, I really value a good male friendship. I mean, it sounds like it. I mean, you, you bailed out on, on your work responsibilities on Selena Lynn to uh, to make a new bromance. Kevin, I was hoping before we cut you loose, you could play a game with us called Know Your Bromances. I would love to. Yeah, hopefully. I, <laughs> that sounds amazing. I uh, Now, here's the one thing that uh, I have learned in talking to you young poker people is that not all of you are always so up on pop culture and or history that is definitely a reference to jamie staples i mean i may not be referencing anyone specifically jamie staples but um (laughs) sometimes general knowledge doesn't work out super well even jason somerville to a certain extent uh, i think you know these guys have been working hard streaming 10 hours a day for like the last four years, they, they, they sort of missed out on some things and also the younger guys. I have, I have higher hopes for Kevin. What do you think, James? I have high hopes. Yeah, I think I can beat Jamie and Jason at uh, know your bromance for sure. All right, here we go. It's called know your bromance is just a series of trivia questions about famous bromances throughout history. Question number one, which of the following bromances are actually real? Caesar and Brutus, Watson and Holmes, Brian O'Connor and Dom Toretto. Caesar and Brutus is real. That was based Caesar on and Brut- Caesar and Brutus is correct. Yes, although in my in my mind, all, all bromances are real. I was going to say those are all genuine, right? No, the the Watson one is uh, fiction. I mean, like we're real people, James. No, but 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 weren't they really around in Victorian times? Isn't there like some dirt track in 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 California where Dom and Brian are racing right now? You're telling Kevin, me they're not real? Kevin, don't ruin it for him, okay? We're just gonna move on. <laughs> Question number two: Which of the following bromances began while one was trying to pick the other's pocket? Ooh. Batman and Robin, Jesus and the Apostle Peter, Indiana Jones in Short Round. Indiana Jones in Short Round. Okay, see that's the one. He got it. Yes, correct. And uh, that's that's the one. I think that if, that's kind of like the benchmark here. If, if Kevin knows this one, I think he's gonna be pretty good here. He's two for two so far. Is he gonna run the board? Which of the following bromances is mentioned in the Beastie Boys song "Intergalactic"? Captain Kirk and Mister Spock, 
Han Solo and Chewbacca, Will Robinson and Robot. Oh. Captain Kirk, Spock. Captain Kirk and Mr. Spock is correct. Wow. We are three for three. How many questions are there, Joe? We have six questions total. Okay, so three down, three to go. All right, here we go. Question number four. Which bromance was sparked in a town called Aurora, Illinois? Michael Scott and Dwight Schrute. Wayne Campbell and Gal Garth Algar. Harry Dunn and Lloyd Christmas. Harry Dunn and Lloyd Christmas. Oh, no. He cannot go. He cannot run the table. That was Wayne Campbell and Garth Algar oh. who met in Aurora, Illinois. All right, oh, my God. We can just, hey, what's, what's, a, what's another word for just, I don't know. There's no clever name for just one wrong, but you still are, are capable of going five and one. Two questions to go. Which of these bromances was created by Shane Black and is currently getting itself a brand new TV reboot? Joey and Chandler, Felix Unger and Oscar Madison, Martin Riggs and Roger Murtaugh. I don't. I don't recognize a single name. I really don't. Oh uh, man, well, you, know, uh, you know Joey Tribbiani and Chandler Bing. No, I, I don't know who they are. Wow, they were two of the friends. The Friends. Oh, yeah. I never watched Friends. Good man. No, what are you I talking about? That Friends was great. Friends suck balls. I don't know. I, I really love the first few seasons of Friends, but uh, whatever. Okay. Well, I think we can eliminate Joey Tribbiani and Chandler Bing. Do you think it is Martin Riggs and Roger Murtaugh or Felix Unger and Oscar Madison? I'm going with Felix Unger and, uh, yeah. Oh, no. He is 0 for, for the last two. He may just end up uh, going break even on this one. Martin Riggs and Roger Murtaugh are from Lethal Weapon. I need to know, Joe, have you seen any episodes of the TV reboot? I haven't, but only because uh, my brother watched it and just said it was awful. He said it was just because horrific. Not being funny, <laughs> they are promoting it to death during NFL games. And I'm just intrigued whether it is as bad as the trailers make it look. Yeah, I think uh, I'm pretty sure it is. But All right, last question here. Which of the following bromances are not mentioned in the Tenacious D song, who's a bromance in and of themselves, Friends Till the End? Do they not mention Kato and Nash? Do they not mention Tango and Cash? Or do they not mention Superman and The Flash? Oh, I think actually I remember this song. I don't think they mem they do not mention. All right, let's finish this on a high note. Superman and the Flash. That is correct. Yes. And you end with a winning record, Kevin Martin. You went four and two in no your bromances. The point is, James, that he's good at making real bromances, and he doesn't need to know that much about fake bromances. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, thank you so much for sparing your time this early in the morning in Canada. We appreciate it. Gentlemen, it's been a pleasure as always, and uh, we'll see you soon at one of these upcoming EPTs. I'm going to be there, and, and uh, we'll uh, we'll start our own bromance in our own way. Yeah, Kevin, I was going to say, look, if you still got a slot open, you actually sound really cool. I would definitely hang out with you. Thanks, dude. Done. He's a sweet boy. Yeah, he really is. I like that kid. I would go on a man date with him, possibly a regular date. Well, hopefully, Kevin can make it to an EPT. Remember, there are only two of them left. 
before we launch the PokerStars Championship in 2017. The next leg of the European Poker Tour is EPT Malta, kicking off at the end of the month, and a reminder that there's still a few days to run on the EPT Malta Spin and Go promotion qualifiers for EPT Malta, running right now on PokerStars. For €10, Euros, you could potentially win an EPT Malta package worth €7,500. This started on October 3rd. I believe at least one package has already been awarded. It runs until the 10th. Regular sats running for Malta as well. And something else that's running on PokerStars, Joe, are satellites for the first ever PokerStars Championship event in the Bahamas. And there's a very good reason why we've been asked to mention this. Because these satellites have been running since early September but not many people are playing them. Why do you think that is? Because they're looking for a PCA? Correct. People are searching the PokerStars lobby for PCA satellites, perhaps not realizing, perhaps not knowing that the PCA is no more. PSC Bahamas is how it's being labeled in the lobby. Crucially, so weird. If you search Bahamas, you will find the equivalent satellites that we were running this time last year for the PCA. It's the same event, effectively, under a new name. Just search Bahamas. Alternatively, if you go to live in the uh, tournament section of the lobby, you obviously get that fantastic map, and then you can see the Bahamas on that map. You can click on it, and obviously you then get all the links to all of the sats taking place for the first ever PokerStars Championship event in the Bahamas taking place at the beginning of January. Do you think it's going to be difficult for us to not keep calling it the PCA? I know I'm going to struggle. Well, I still maintain they should have just called it the PokerStars Championship Atlantis and then we could have kept the initials. Right, but eventually let's get rid of the old Atlantis, right? I want to go somewhere new. Joey likes new. I do. So, okay. Um, First ever PokerStars Championship in Bahamas. That's pretty exciting. Do you think that, um, I mean, they're always going to make a big deal about it, right? Absolutely. I mean, it's the launch of a new era of live poker for sure. But obviously we want as many people to be there as possible. And we want as many people as possible to win their seats to that event. And that's why we want to highlight the fact those Bahamas satellites are running in addition to satellites for Malta and Prague, the last two stops of season 13 of the EPT. And as ever... On this show, we try and give people the opportunity to win a Step C ticket to try and get them to an EPT. But I think for the third week running, we're not going to give away a Step C ticket because we've got another American super fan. One of them loves the EPT, knows it inside out, and would do anything for the European Poker Tour. The other one is Joe Stapleton. It's Superfan versus Stapes. So for this week's edition of Superfan vs. Stapes, we're going across the water once again and saying hello to Gabe in NYC. Hello, Gabe. Hey, guys. Hi, there. Gabe, what's up, man? What's Where's your accent from? Uh, I'm from uh, Hungary originally, from Europe. So I just, I just moved to New York City like uh, five years ago, and so far I really like it over here, so I stayed. Uh, are uh -huh. you there? Are you there legally or or? Yeah, no, I I I, I swam from uh, Cuba. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's really nice over here. <laughs> I actually get along really well with Hungarians. I don't know what it was, but I ended up dating more Hungarian girls than any other um, nationality when I was living in London. What uh, What's your opinion of the the Hungarian romance department? I I can understand this statement actually. 
I think I think Hungarian girls are one of the most beautiful girls in the world, not to mention they are smart. So I I totally understand you, man. Go for it. So yeah, so I have this. I my one of my uh, really good friends that I dated briefly, but became a good friend is this uh, girl Anita. And uh, my favorite thing uh, that she says that's very Hungarian is that whenever she makes a bad pun, I will look at her and give her like a, a bad face, and she'll just go, "It's a verd joke." Um, <laughs> that's what I use to describe anytime I make a very bad joke in front of my friends. We just look at each other and go, "It's a verd joke." <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> so Gabe, what does your life involve? What brought you to NYC, and what do you do there? Well, um, I, I have a small business in the in the travel space, and on the side, I'm a poker dealer slash player. And what sorts of games are you able to deal slash play in New York City, eh, Gabe? Um, well, you know, it's uh, no cash prizes and so on, so it's for uh, gift packages and maybe you know, like sort of kind, sort of things that uh, like one as a these does, so like charity poker. Um, but you know, once you're in, in, uh, New Jersey, it's much better over there. Oh, look at this. I think Gabe maybe maybe like trying to lay the groundwork for some live poker dealing <laughs> jobs in New Jersey. <laughs> no, no, that's not my point over here. Well, Gabe, we can't get you a job today. We can get you some prizes, but there is a small amount of controversy regarding the prizes awarded in this competition. Uh, Joe, last week we had Robert Adams on the podcast, yeah. and Robert won, and I shipped him his T-shirt and realized it was the last Everyone Loves a Chop Pot T-shirt that I had in my drawer. I no suddenly way. thought, no, no, it's okay, because I thought it's okay, just need to re-up. So get in touch with the Pokestars VIP store and say, need to order some more T-shirts. Only to discover they are not making any more. The Everyone Loves a Chop Pot t-shirt is officially out of print. So everyone who has won one of those t-shirts over the last 18 months now has a limited edition collector's item. That's pretty cool. But yeah. it means that we can no longer offer t-shirts. What we have instead are the Everyone Loves a Chop Pot baseball caps. Because I'm, in, I'm informed that we still have around a thousand in stock. So I'm basically <laughs> going to buy in bulk and those will be the prizes going forward. But as you know, Gabe, we do have a thing where if you're in America and I don't know if you, with your Hungarian roots, do you have a PokerStars account that you use when you're in Europe? Uh, well, of course I have because I used to use, but you know, I haven't used it for the past five years. So it's, it's okay. kind of impossible for me. Well, in that case, we'll make you the same deal that we made Robert and Freddie the week before. In addition to the baseball cap, which you will get as our kind of thank you for coming on the show. If you are to win this quiz, the subject of which we'll reveal in just a moment, we will also give you a piece of merchandise, one of our prizes from Malta. So once we're in Malta and we know what prizes we have available, uh, you, Freddie, and uh, Robert can all pick one of those. All right, that's beautiful. Thank you, guys. I'm so glad, James, that you said that we have Everyone Loves a Chop Pot hats left still because when you said we're at a, like, Everyone Loves a Chop Pot t-shirt, that's like when you go to Panda Express and they're all out of orange chicken. Like, that's the, that is the, the signature dish. That's what people are yeah. playing for. Yeah. Exactly. Can you believe they axed the t-shirts? Um, Gabe, you have chosen as your specialist subject the early 2000s movie Van Wilder starring Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> I have but one question. Why? Well... Despite it's a really silly movie, I think there is a lot to learn about life. And plus, back in the days when I watched it, I could relate to it a little bit. 
and also you know it's about Ryan Reynolds so you know the guy's a god basically you know he's called Blake Lively and Deadpool I mean well, you are not the only Ryan Reynolds fan in the room because Joe Stapleton, I know that you love a bit of Ryan Reynolds. I love Ryan. You guys have no idea. I mean, I've told the story before about how I basically admitted to fantasizing about Ryan Reynolds to Ryan Reynolds' face. I love Ryan Reynolds. I have not seen this movie in a long time. You know, James, I fucked up because uh, I thought it was going to be a test on um, actually on Van Gogh. Ah. So I went to the Vincent Van Gogh Museum today here in Amsterdam before uh, before the show to try to research. I, re- I really got to read those emails more closely. Yeah, funny <laughs> enough, that's not going to help you in this quiz, which is divided into two sections, quotations and questions. We're going to start with the quotations and we're going to start with you, Gabe, as the superfan. All right. Superfan versus States. Very simply, you have to complete these Van Wilder quotations. If you nail it, spot on, two points. If you say something that's vaguely along the lines of what the quotation is, I'll give you a point. So your first quotation to complete. Worrying is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do. But it never gets you anywhere. Two points. He nailed it. Wow. Okay. So, and this is what he's talking about. Gabe mentioned that there's a lot of life lessons in Van Wilder. By the way, uh, I think that they call it something different in the UK. Because what have you been calling this movie, James? Van Wilder Party Liaison. That was the title in UK. Yes. Yeah. I think in America it was National Lampoon's Van Wilder. I don't know why they thought people would go and see it if they added the words Party Liaison to the title. <laughs> um, Joe, your first quotation to complete: You shouldn't take life too seriously. It doesn't take you very seriously. Nowhere near the correct answer. Gabe, you can steal. Uh, you never get out alive. Spot on for another two points. And Gabe, it's your question. Quotation number three. If you're always thinking about the future... Um, I know this one. You... You always think about the future, so... You, for, you kind of forget to live in the present. Close. You kind of forget about the present. So you get one point for that one, but you're still 5-0 up. Joe. 5-0 com- already? What the fuck? Joe, complete this Van Wilder quotation. I know Miss Pac-Man is special. She told me so in a dream. Incorrect. <laughs> Gabe, you can steal. She swallows. <laughs> That's part of it. She's fun, she's cute, oh. she swallows. So just the one point. You got part of it, but not all of it. <laughs> Gabe, your next one. You can tell a lot about a person by the kind of drawers they wear. Uh, like you, Granny Pandies. Is that how he, he follows? That is exactly how he follows it for two points. And that means you are now 8-0 up. Joe! I kind of want to see this movie again now, though. These are some pretty <laughs> funny quotes. Joe, dinner for two, me and you. Um, 69 down the line. Incorrect. Gabe, <laughs> do you want to steal? Clothing option. Correct, for two points. <laughs> he really knows this movie. And Gabe, is your question. Her name is Naomi. <laughs> it's I'm on, backwards. Correct, for another two points. <laughs> Joe, have you ever been down 12 nothing at this point in a game? I don't think so, but also, like, I feel like 
like that Gabe maybe has a really unfair advantage. Like this is the one VHS tape he had in Hungary, and this is how he learned English. <laughs> Joe, I, I think you're correct. Your <laughs> final quotation to complete from Mr. Van Wilder. I think you've got the balls to make it here. I think you've got the balls to make it here. Um, and they are gigantic. Incorrect. Gabe, do you want to steal? Um, call me nuts. There's more. He says Timmy. Timmy, the guy's name. No, it's but I believe in you. I'll give you one point, not that you need it, because you did get part of the next line. So you are winning with a score of 13 to nothing as we go into the trivia round. And Joe, as you're playing catch up, I'll let you go first here. Who plays Vance Wilder Sr. in the movie? Oh, man. Who plays Vance? Who plays Vance? Christopher Walken. Incorrect. Gabe? Tim Madison. Correct. But Joe, I will give you the chance to answer your bonus question. Name the character Tim Matheson played in The West Wing. Vice President John Hoynes. I had to give you that just so you could have one point on the board. (laughs) You're currently trailing Uh, 14-1. Gabe, who plays Taj? Ah, Campbell. Correct. For a point. And can you name the character he played in House for a bonus point? I cannot. Maybe Joe can steal it. Do you know, Joe? Did you ever watch House? I mean, I'll just say something horribly racist, like a, like an Indian name that'll get me in trouble. So I'll just skip it. It was Dr. Lawrence Kuttner. So Joe, your final question. The film was budgeted at $5 million. How much did it gross in the US to the nearest million? 60 million. Incorrect. Gabe, do you want to steal? Um, 35. No, a lot less actually. 21 million, but still profitable. And finally, Gabe, your final question. What is the film's current rating on IMDb to within two decimal points? Oh my God, that's probably really low. (laughs) I I guess, I don't know, 3.2. I mean, that's not really low, but... Joe, see if you can score a second point. Can you steal it? 5.7. Not within two decimal points. 6.4 is the answer. Ah! The conclusion of the game and a final score of 15 to Superfan Gabe and one to Joe Stapleton. (laughs) Gabe, you're a winner. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. And Joe, happy birthday. Go have some fun. Thanks very much. Yeah, you don't need to tell me that. (laughs) I appreciate it. All right, guys, that is all the time we got for this week's show. Next week, it'll be our TV preview, our triumphant return to Channel 4. will be happening the week after next week, but next week we get the TV preview, which means we'll have some TV shows to talk about again. I will have been in another part of the world. I will be in Fargo, North Dakota. So random. And if I can, I'm going to beg Igor Kurganov to come on the show next week. Yeah, if you give him kind of like an early afternoon time zone sort of thingamajig, that will probably work best for us. Uh, Joe, I appreciate this is a very special week for you. It is the week you turn 43. And as <laughs> such, as a as a gift from EPT Not Live to you, we're not going to end the show with the usual closing music. We're going to end with your favorite birthday anthem. 
All right, guys, we are going to go out to this wonderful, wonderful birthday anthem for myself. Thank you, James. Thanks for thinking of me. For James Hardigan, I am Joe Stapleton. I'll smell you later. You light the flames on my candle. It's one fire, baby, I can handle. Happy birthday. Have a good day. Could be flying into danger. I'll be the pilot. You can be the major. Hey.